You are now tuned into Westworld FM, a podcast about HBO's Westworld. My name is Alex. And my name is Nick. Today we will be discussing the season four premiere of the show titled The Auguries. If you have not watched through season four, episode one, pause this and please go catch up. You can find more of our podcast episodes at Westworld.fm. We're also Westworld FM on Twitter and you can send feedback to WestworldFM at gmail.com to tell us what you think of our show and share your thoughts on HBO's Westworld. Send us corrections, observations, or anything regarding Westworld or our podcast. If you enjoy this show or any other show on the Midwest Podcast Network, please consider heading over to mpn.bz slash Patreon or patreon.com slash Midwest Podnet and pledge as little as a dollar a month to make our network even better. Special thanks to Corey Z, Alan K, Tom Z, and Jason K, who have pledged at the level of $10 per month. We appreciate you guys. Thank you very much. Uh, we're here. Normally, I do corrections and feedback, but we we didn't even tell anybody we'd be recording this, so we have no corrections and we have no feedback. <laughs> Shockingly, there are no corrections yet. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure that I'll have one by, before the end of the episode when I think of something that I messed up. But. Oh, absolutely. If I hadn't done the bare minimum amount of homework <laughs> earlier today, um, I'm sure there would be even more corrections. Yes. So, that's, just, uh, yeah. that's just opportunities for engagement. Is how, yes, is how I'll choose absolutely. to view it. We purposefully leave errors in the show so that you guys feel incensed enough to, to write to us. So please do that. Mm-hmm. Whenever we make a mistake, we want to hear it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, we didn't let anybody know we were going to do this because honestly, Nick and I both have very new babies that were born 10 days apart in our homes. And, uh, and so didn't know if this is going to come together. Honestly, forgot that Westworld season four was happening uh, until like a week ago. Um, so we didn't really plan ahead, but we're here now. We've both watched the premiere. We're going to talk about it. We're going to lightly recap it. Hopefully discuss more than recap as Nick and I have privately discussed about the show. And um, yeah. And privately recapped. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Uh, but I'm happy to be here. I'm happy to be talking with you, Nick, about Westworld because uh, oh, yeah. honestly, yeah, I mean, we did a couple of Film Nerds episodes last year, but those kind of fell off as uh, it got a little harder to schedule people and things started picking back up. But uh, you and I haven't had a ton of opportunity to uh, pod- we haven't podcasted one on one since 2020 with the Angel of Darkness. Uh, so. Yeah, and and, and Westworld season three was yes. also 2020, wasn't it? Yeah, it was the rest yes, of the beginning was. of pandemic. The, those two happened within a week of each other. I That's think. right. And then yeah. there's been nothing from you, just you and I, basically, save for like maybe a film nerds episode. But um, yeah, that's true. Honestly, it doesn't feel like it's been that long. <laughs> now no. that I'm sitting here and we're doing it again, like I'm, it's all kind of rushing back. It's <laughs> it's funny because like this this particular show westworld fm feels like the little podcast that could mm-hmm. I, what it could i don't know yet but it just kind of keeps <laughs> we keep kind of thinking about it we're like should we do it again and then we're like yeah same with westworld the show though it feels like the show that based on some reception and some viewership by all means could have been canceled after the third season the fact that yeah. there is a fourth season and the, i mean life circumstances have have meant neither of us have been paying as much attention as we typically would, but uh, mm-hmm. it is still a little bit shocking that it exists. Um, that that alone is cause for excitement for me. 
Yeah, I meant to take a look and see um, because um, I felt like I had read at some point that maybe the showrunner was changing. Um, but I could be wrong about that. So, of course, I mean, Jonathan Nolan and Lisa Joy are still extremely involved. Um, but there was an executive producer on season three named Denise Thay, maybe? I don't know how to say her name, because that's how much I prepare for this. Um, but I think she, at least, uh, she she started out as, like, a writer on the show in, like, season two, I believe, and then uh, has slowly taken on more responsibilities, and uh, I think is up to executive producer, if not also acting as, like, showrunner, because... Nolan and Joy are very spread out. I think they're doing like a Fallout show for Amazon. Yeah, that's and, right. Uh, a, a lot of other projects, honestly, going on. Um, <laughs> uh, Lisa Joy. Lisa Joy was did, busy. Did, yeah, she did her film Remembrance, which is on HBO Max, and people may have viewed, uh, and that we talked a little bit about on the film nerds. But um, yeah, <laughs> it's uh, it's interesting. It's kind of strange. And obviously, I think at the end of the season, we'll be able to talk about it a bit. But um, yeah, even just looking at the ratings that are here on uh, Wikipedia from Nielsen, which I think is only actually looking at like people watching on HBO, the TV network. Um, you know, season one premiere. Uh, premiere viewers, one point six, nine, six million. Season two, 2.06 million. Season three, 0.9. And season four coming in at 0.33 million. So it's it's a steep drop off, but that doesn't include HBO Max or HBO Go at the right. time or now. So I did see a lot um, of people uh, on Twitter and, and on Reddit saying, why, why was the marketing so bad on this? Like, why did nobody really announce that there was a fourth season coming? And I, I think... HBO is either preparing to say you got to wrap it up at season five or they're just going to cut their losses after the season. And that's why they're not sinking so much money into it. They might be kind of saying, we'll see how it does and we'll see how it, people it, respond to it. It feels like a bit of a, I think there were people on the Reddit saying that Lisa Joy has stated um, season five will happen. I don't okay. know that HBO has publicly said that. Um, but I was going to say, um, it feels a little bit like the the show was caught at a good time of the not quite contraction of streaming services yet. That's kind of starting with Netflix right now where they're canceling a lot of their shows and their bigger stuff is ending. But the whole like pumping money into getting content to put on your streaming service might serve Westworld well and maybe is what made season four happen without too much question. You know, if the viewership was good on HBO uh, streaming service, HBO Max go now, whatever it was in 2020, because I don't remember when HBO Max began. Um, <laughs> that might have been the thing that allowed them a little bit more leeway in terms of like people. There are people that like the show and we like content that people like on our service. And so yeah, I'm, I'm hopeful, too, that there are some executives at HBO that are like, hey, we're we are. Yes, we we miss our, our cash cows and we like our cash cows, but we also care about making prestige TV that people will talk about for years to come. 
And I hope that they, they know they're privy to the big picture of Westworld and are going to say, cool, when that, when that does conclude and people can look back at it as a complete body of work, it's going to be one of those shows that uh, people view kindly. Cause I think right now there's a lot of ill will from some, some fans uh, just with kind of the direction the show took, especially Mm -hmm. in season three. But I think that season four is kind of, primed to be almost like a part two of season three, like almost a continuation. And that, that might kind of recontextualize season three a little bit looking back because mm-hmm. Westworld seems to do that. The, the, the current season or the following season seems to kind of inform the prior a little bit more and, and ultimately makes it uh, make a little more sense. And all I hope for this season and the show ultimately is that their, their roadmap truly is, uh, exists and they are continuing to strive towards it. And they're not just going to get lost in the the hype machine of like, like lost. I mean, aptly named. Yeah. But like the thing is with those ratings, I don't feel like there's a hype machine to get lost in anymore. Right. Maybe in season two, we could have said that, but yeah. it's, it doesn't feel like that's where this is headed. So, but I, I completely agree with everything that you said. I'm, I yeah. don't feel like I can see the through line. No. I was kind of thinking about that earlier today of like, what is, what are, what are the big questions about Westworld that still exist from day one? Mm-hmm. And I think in the end, really the only thing that exists is like, will the hosts take over the world is kind of the last, the last unanswered question. And I could be wrong because it's been a while since I really sat down and rewatched a lot of Westworld and maybe I should do that. But yeah, I agree um, I, in, in a way though. For me, that I kind of like that. I'm glad there's not. Part of me misses the 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 kind of mystery box feeling of like, what is the maze? What does all this mean? Mm-hmm. All of that stuff was really thrilling with season one, kind of the mm-hmm. whole show being like a puzzle, and we're trying to look at all the pieces and put it together. But that was 2016, Nick. That worked out <laughs> real well because I had the time and I had the the bandwidth to spend. Now mid to late thirties, Nick in 2022 is, uh, more like, well, I just want a good story. Like I just want, <laughs> I just want good characters. I want a good story. Plus it, 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 it genuinely, I mean, all that personal stuff, notwithstanding, it does genuinely feel to me like this show for better or for worse is continually progressing. It's, mm-hmm. it has not been redundant to me yet. Yeah. And I think that at the end of the day, I'll take that over just, the same old because I heard some uh, remarks that people, some people still wish the show was in the park. Mm-hmm. And I think that if we were in the third season in the park, I might just be a little bit tired. I yeah. might be like, okay, like, cause it, we probably would have answered a lot of those questions by now. And I, I don't know. I personally, I'm, I'm very interested in how in the real world stuff. I liked a lot of season three, at least I think I did. And, um, as soon as season four started here and we watched this first episode, I was kind of like, cool. Like I, I get, I get really into seeing them in the real world because I feel like ultimately that as a human viewing the show, I think I'm more interested in how it's all going to tie into the real world. Ultimately. I mean, the host says some sort of metaphor or allegory or uh, plot device in the park is, is good for a while, but I think, you know, how, how that whole experience uh, ties into our existences and our perception of consciousness and how we will interact with that in our own very real world in the future. Those are the kind of things at this point I'm, I'm more interested in, I think. So I, I'm pleased with the direction it's going. Yeah. 
yeah, at least I, I for think, now. I think so too. I think there's part of me that would would almost agree with like that. I wish it was in the parks. I wish the parks still kind of mattered in some ways. Is my my feeling on it, and um, and I guess in the end, if it comes back to like season five, by the end of by the end of the series, there's like a we need to go back and something something if if we come full circle and the park is the key to something that kind of finishes everything off i think i'd i'd be okay with that rather than just being like the whole show should be in the park or they should still be there or that was what was cool um i think they're still finding new and interesting things to do yeah it would be cool if buried within the geography of the park somewhere there was some hidden something but i don't I just don't know if I want it to become like a big MacGuffin that they're chasing after in the park. Cause it feels like getting to the Valley beyond and all and the, and the forge, et cetera, was kind of, I don't know where you go from there. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, I don't mm-hmm. know what you unlock that's bigger than that, but uh, who knows? I, I will see. I'm just, I'm glad to, I'm glad it's continuing and I'm glad to be along for the ride. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think that's a lot of big picture stuff at the top of the season here. And obviously we'll revisit our thoughts on everything as, this this season's picture becomes a little bit more uh, focused, comes into focus. But let's uh, get on with our episode recap here. What do you say? Yes, I'm I'm in. Let's do it. All right. We start with a cold open. William wants to buy the Hoover Dam. A Mexican drug cartel currently owns it and uses it as a quote unquote permanent server farm. The old members are down to sell, but the younger member doesn't want to sell it to William. William somehow takes it by force, seemingly using flies to infiltrate the mind of a supposed human to kill the owners and then have him kill himself after handing ownership over to William. Um, <laughs> I, I like opening with William. I remember one of the things that we were very much excited about at the end of season three, they did a post credit sequence where number one, they killed off human Ed Harris, which kind of shitty, but it positioned the host Ed Harris as literal man in black from the 1970s Westworld movie kind of, you know, like this, Mm -hmm. this like immovable force. And so the fact that this episode opens with him being that immovable for like that unstoppable object. And not only just like menacing, like I'm chasing you in the hallways underneath the park, but now even in the like, I want your property and I will take your property. I think is kind of fun and interesting. So what did you think about, uh, you know, opening with what I have to presume is a host version of William that is under the control of Charlotte Hale, who is possessed by Dolores, basically. (laughs) That's the funny thing. Like the, on the whole, the episode feels straightforward for, for a Westworld uh, episode. But as soon as you started describing that recap, I right away, I was like, well, we got to say William in quotes because we just don't know who is it. And so then I'm like, you know what? Just because narratively the episode might be moving in a straightforward manner doesn't mean anything is really straightforward because there are still Mm -hmm. so many characters we didn't even see in this episode. And, you know, getting them all into episode two is going to be hard. So at any rate, um, yeah, it's funny because I picture host William Man in Black to be much more of like a blunt object, mm-hmm. and this seems like good old William. Yeah. So I just don't know what to think. The only thing that I'll say up front about uh, this episode, I mean, it's not it, it's typical Westworld stuff, but 
I don't know when any of this is happening is my, <laughs> it's kind of my big thing. Cause so, it, it is presented in a way that's almost like, cool. This is all, this is where we're at with everybody. We're checking in. But, mm. you know, I started thinking, I was like, William, William's whole, his look and his hair is a little bit different, but I kind of, afterward, I was like, you know, who's to say this wasn't, I don't know, prior to the events of season three, season somewhere three. in there. <laughs> yeah. yeah. No, I think, so here's the thing. There, There is like one morsel in there where he mentions the fact that uh, he, so he's coming to the, so apparently there's a server farm in the Hoover Dam that is meant to be like a, your data is etched in stone. And obviously that would be pretty attractive to the hosts because if you have a copy of a host somewhere, they can always be rebuilt and remade. Right. right? So that like cold storage essentially is a good thing. We can, we can print another old bill and put Michael Wincott's pearl into the head and then he can tell us to drink to the lady with the white shoes. Right. And then, and then we've got our season five. Yes. Okay. Yeah. What if the key is Michael Wincott in that in that cold storage basement? They unzip old Bill and he pops out and he's like, you know, that's I it. I will lose my mind. <laughs> I'll lose my mind. I'll I will yeah, I'll turn into the Joker. That's my Joker origin story. I'll be laughing so hard. But not from insanity, from outright delight. The the long game of casting Michael Wincott in a two minute part in season <sighs> one. Yeah. God, he's he's going to be in something that's coming out this year. I forgot what, um, like a big movie that's coming. I saw his name and I was like, hell yeah, I'm going to look it up right now because <laughs> I, I want the Wincott radar to know. Wincott FM. Yes. Oh, my Sub-podcast. God. Uh, um, oh, he's in Nope. That's right. Oh, OK. The yeah. New hell yeah. So in, in a few weeks, we will see Wincott. And his name is. Antlers Holst. <laughs> God, I can't wait. What if he just I, shows up in his Westworld costume? That's what he I wears nowadays. As if I wasn't already really, really excited for Nope, but then I saw that and I was like, oh my goodness, Wincott. Beautiful. Well, yeah. now that we've gotten our uh, our promised uh, Old Bill reference in this episode. So, yeah, eight years. So there's there's a moment where William mentions that eight years have passed since something was stolen from him and oh, put into right. this server. That's right. And so I think that refers to the data that was in the um that was in the Valley Beyond that William had collected from all of the park guests that Dolores uploaded to some offsite location. I think this is that offsite location. Okay, you're you're pro- you're probably 100% right. Yep, I forgot about that. I don't know that for sure, but that's kind of what the pieces are coming together No, that head. makes a ton so, of sense. So, so we have somewhat of a uh we don't have a great gauge of how so- how far I I don't know if I remember how far after season 3 was from season 2, but I think it was pre- pretty close. So I think we're kind of eight, seven or eight years after, which is also something that we get out of the Caleb stuff later. Yes. In this episode. Yeah, I knew, I knew that stuff. He's got a seven-year-old daughter and that kind of thing. So it's kind of, yeah. yeah. Okay. So good, there's good. a little bit of a time frame there. It's still all very ambiguous. And like you said, you never know if they're ever going to say, oh, guess what? That was 10, 10 years ago. This is before you even watch season one. They could do that at some point. But yeah, no, I, I think you're like, right. I feel like after season three, a lot of that like trickery 
has kind of fallen off a little Which bit. Which I think is good. Again, that yeah. to that evolution idea that the show is progressing and, and growing and, and how it's being told, I think is is cool. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that sounds that sounds about right. Cool. Um, yeah, it was a cool scene. I don't know what the significance of the flies is. I mean, we know going back to that first fly Dolores slapped on her face that yeah. somehow they're important, but other than being like harbingers of like disease and decay and rot, um, I'm not sure. elements of yeah. like clearly they something. have some sort of transmission function where they're heralding the arrival of something. I don't know, but it's uh, it was a cool visual for sure. Yeah. Up in the corner like that, almost like the 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 home itself was like becoming cancerous or something. It was just it was mm-hmm. cool. I would if I walked into my closet and there were a swarm of flies there, I would probably I feel like there's so many flies in that room. I would have heard it before I walked in, but right. Know, I'm not as rich as that guy. So my closet's not as big. <laughs> <laughs> His closet has a closet. <laughs> um, yeah, I, no, I, I very much enjoyed this. Uh, you know, you mentioned something in the discord about how how good Westworld looks compared to some of the like you know, Star Wars and Marvel stuff that is coming and even just other shows in general that are hitting, um, you know, seeing the Hoover Dam, a lot of even the production, the production value of this show is just off the, off the walls. Like it's, yeah. it's, it looks very good. People are very stylish. The architecture is cool, you know, and the images of the Hoover Dam, that they commit to digital film or film, whatever they do for the show. I think it all looks very, very nice. And it uh, does. And a lot of thought kind of like and a, a lot of care goes into it. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I feel like the spectacle of this opening was, was pretty interesting and just kind of like, I don't know. I still, I, I feel like I really enjoy William. The little bit that we get of him here and the things that are implied about him, you know, being, somewhat important to the story in the future here so i'm glad he's around even if he may be a host or controlled by what do we call her charloris i was calling her charloris apparently hal loris is the is the creative team's designation but i like charloris better charloris is better for sure um there was a new intro i i was trying to pick out like anything that i could find about it but once again it's always one of those things where i feel like as we get more context for the season we can kind of peel a little bit of that onion um, exactly yeah the only much, bit I, the only bit that ahead. really left an impression was the ending where like there's all the the people or hosts isolated in those tubes and and it kind of pulls out to look almost like a compound eye of like a fly or like a mm-hmm. honeycomb i can't tell which one it looked more like um, yeah, that was very cool. Also, yeah. the arms playing the piano looked more fleshed out mm-hmm. in a couple of shots, which was interesting. Yeah, no, it's something there was something that struck me about that, too, in terms of like even just like the. Um, the animation of the arms felt different, but I need to go back and watch it again because it just kind of felt and maybe it could have been my streaming, but I I felt a little bit more jitteriness to the arms than i did previously so mm. i had to see if that was actually in my head or something that was actually there so okay um all right next up not dolores wakes up a lot like we've seen dolores and caleb wake up in the past she has a roommate played by ariana debose and we find out that not dolores is named christina christina works for a game company called olympiad Ent- entertainment 
She writes narratives that her boss says don't have enough sex or violence. She's also getting a lot of spam phone calls from one phone number. Um, so uh, one of the things that I, about this, this particular scene, uh, as Christina's walking to work in this kind of futuristic New York City, um, we hear people speaking very similar to guests in the park. There's yes. these lines of like, that was insane. This is way better than I expected. Or this place is fucking wild. I can't believe this is your first time. That kind of thing. And so, um, you know, of course, the Reddit bandwagon is already speculating about like, is this the real world or not? Or why is there this mm-hmm. Dolores that we don't know about? And that kind of thing. Um, but yeah. So what are your thoughts on kind of like w- are we looking at another Dolores? Is this another park? Is it not a park? What do you think? <laughs> I don't have any idea. I don't have any idea. I Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. I Let don't spin you in a different direction here. One of the things that you mentioned, <laughs> this is a fully different direction. One of the things that you mentioned was that you don't feel like the show is retreading much. But the thing that I find kind of interesting is that, I mean, almost in a literal sense, the shot of Christina waking up is very similar to a shot of Caleb waking up that gets repeated. The Mm -hmm. shot of Christina is like a motif in this episode. And that shot of Caleb is a motif in, in, uh, in the premiere of season three and the shots of Dolores waking up in like season one are yeah, right. yeah, yeah. as well. And so it's kind of like there's, there's this weird um, kind of like same as it ever was that I kind of get out of these premieres that kind of is like, um, I don't know if you, you ever heard George Lucas talking about why there are things in the prequel movies that are like similar to what happens in the original trilogy and it's he's like because i want it to rhyme with with the original trilogy and i feel like that's kind of going on here in westworld where it's like yes there's a lot of forward momentum but there's also this weird like we're kind of even just remaking the show with different people the park setup the hosts the loops and all that thing very much kind of is a retread by itself so how do you, mm. what do you what do you think of that? How do you feel about like being put back into a new world with a new Dolores waking up the same way that Dolores used to? Like what what was your kind of reaction to meeting a new Dolores that you've never seen before? Well, from a storytelling perspective, I'll approach it in two ways, from like a storytelling perspective and then like a viewership perspective. Uh from a storytelling perspective, I th- I've heard I have heard complaint about Dolores's motivation in season three and how we've been set up for all this time to be, to have Dolores, the human exterminator, the leader of the host uprising and, and, and domination. Mm-hmm. And then in season three, she, you know, the show kind of somewhat sloppily, I'll, I'll agree has her, they keep her real motivation hidden from the viewer which works for me because I don't necessarily think she's the sole protagonist of the show at that point mm-hmm. um, to ultimately reveal the kind of twist that, oh, she's actually discovered that there's worth in humanity and she wants to give humanity a, a chance to to reclaim our 
identity. <clears throat> I buy into this fully because I think the show is smart enough and I think Dolores is a smart enough and developed enough character that she would realize that Delos at, and company and their ilk are part of a whole. They are not representative of humanity on the largest scale possible. Um, it's the same way that sometimes I see certain topics about certain events happening in certain countries that we live in uh, and certain former presidents of said <laughs> country and how there seems to be this incredibly huge wave of just absurd thinking and, and belief that I can't even believe is real. But mm -hmm. then, you know, I, I, I broadened my scope and my vision. And I realized that most of what I'm seeing is a really vocal minority. Does that vocal minority have the ability to make giant bad things happen? Absolutely. <laughs> but does it mean that they are representative of the whole? Mm. Does it mean that the whole is deserves to be burned down or punished in some way for the actions of the few? No. And I think that's kind of what Dolores comes around to. And I think she realizes, hey, humans created us slash me and some with the intention to do good and some with the intention to do evil. But I'm going to choose to throw my belief and my my ability behind good. And I buy into that because ultimately, you know, as fun as it is to watch bad guys and and watch, you know, scary things happen in shows, I think deep down inside, we all want to see good prevail ultimately. I mean, that's kind of the ultimate the, there's only one story, right? They say that's the root story is good versus evil. We mm -hmm. want to see good prevail. And I also think we also, you know, even the most jaded film bro viewer of this show might ultimately say, you know what, maybe I would like to see humanity maybe learn something from this and pull through it and emerge better. Um, so I buy into it from a storytelling perspective because I think it's it's cool to to continue to work in this idea that everything is ultimately cyclical and everything, it's mm -hmm. a wheel that just keeps turning. And the hosts and the humans are going to keep going in circles like this. And maybe one day they'll break the cycle. Um, <clears throat> there's a theme. It's a pretty dominant theme in the Dark Tower series, actually, which is something that is very uh, special to me. So from a storytelling perspective, I think it's cool. I think it's interesting. I like it. Uh, from a viewership perspective, I have bought, I think, three different versions of Skyrim. <laughs> for three different consoles <laughs> and every time I start a new one and I start a new guy, I just get stoked and I, <laughs> and I remember how cool it was the first time and I'm excited to watch it go in a slightly different direction if retreading some of the same old ground. So I'm totally into it. I think <laughs> it's fun. You know, when she woke up like that in the bed right away, I just kind of grinned and I was like, I'm, I'm into this. I'm so into this. So yeah, exactly. <laughs> like back. It, yeah, exactly. It doesn't bother me. There's something about, and I think that, you know, that might just be me and that might, to me, it's just like, there's something about Westworld that it gets me amped because I think the show ultimately, the, the foundation that it rests on is going to be interesting no matter which direction they take it. Um, and for me, it works. So I, I think it's cool and I'm excited to see who this person is. I'm, I, I'm spending less effort and time trying to figure it out. And I'm just going to spend a little more time, which is going to make for a great show. I know, but no, 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 no. <laughs> I just want to spend a little more time enjoying it and, um, you know, still speculating and still trying to pick up the evidence as I go along. But, uh, yeah, I think ultimately I was also just kind of blown away by Evan Rachel Wood because she can play anything. 
Mm-hmm. She can. She just plays. It's is it Christina or Christine? I think it's Christina. Okay, I think so too. Um, she just plays her so different, and I think it's fascinating because I've I've watched her play sort of several different iterations of one character for three years now, and now she's playing kind of another dimension. And I think she, one thing that I really love, and I'm excited about this season, I think she and Aaron Paul both have the ability to play a lot of different characters and you know in the same way that she can play all these facets of Dolores he I think he can present as like an action guy he can present as like a brooding uh, hero he can present as like a family guy he can pres- he can play the PTSD the, the war trauma the blue collar worker <clears throat> but I think Race they're both driver. yeah <laughs> oh, absolutely yes <laughs> uh, with an insatiable thirst for going fast yes uh and, but both of them, I think, are really, really, really good at playing like profound sadness without saying anything. Like both mm-hmm. of these characters seem to have like a deep sorrow behind their eyes and they can literally do it just by looking. And I think that's really cool. Yeah. And I think they're both really effective at it. So having them both in the show together is great. And I hope we get to see them team up again because they're just, yeah. I think they're really cool together. He perfected that in and and Jesse Pinkman, obviously, in Breaking Bad. Yeah, um, that's true. It's just carrying it into this, this yeah. runs even deeper though. He's got like some real For sure. some real existential <laughs> <laughs> questions going on. Yeah. Um so anyway, um, yeah, that was a lot to spend on just that. Uh but I, I liked the whole opening. I like all the chatter from the people in the background. I don't know if it's just red herring or if it is if she is in some kind of park or simulation of some sort more more on that i guess i mean the other thing is like that could also like now that i'm reading these things it could literally just be people that are visiting new york for the first time you know and so yeah i think that lends to the red herringness of it but yeah you know we know we know from experience now that there's nothing in this show is is by accident they know what they're doing one way or the other well the other thing too was ariana debose walks i don't i didn't even wasn't able to find her character's name. I don't even know Maya. if they said it. Maya? Okay. It was on good. the subtitles, yeah. Okay. Um she uh when Christina walks out of her room, Maya holds up shoes and one pair's black, the other pair's white. And right. that is yep. very much the white hat or black hat mm-hmm. of the Westworld. And so it's kind of like yes, they absolutely know what they're doing. Um so I'm just kind of like my brain is trying to rectify the like if this is the real world why is this the real world you know yep how can this possibly be the real world if it's if it's rhyming so much with what the west world experiences and I feel like as her story goes on obviously we have more questions for what uh how that could be yeah but I still I question we'll what what exactly is the real world even is what mm-hmm. we've been shown and told to be the real world is that even the real world like yeah I don't know how many levels deep are we exactly I had no idea that Ariana DeBose was in this and I my jaw hit the floor when Mm -hmm. it when it it was her I was like oh hell yeah I think she is just absolutely one of the most talented people in Hollywood right now and I was really really stoked to see her in this I hope she's uh in it in a decent capacity honestly this is my first time seeing anything with her in it because I have not watched Schmigadoon even though you've recommended it oh man I believe she's in that right Yep. And then uh, West Side Story was her mm-hmm. more recent uh, foray. So, yeah, she's amazing. That's awesome. I'm excited. She's a really to, good uh, um, 
she's a good like featured player in Hamilton. Um, mm. She doesn't really have any lines per se, but she's kind of a a featured background player, and she okay. performs a pretty critical role. And uh, I guess I've seen her in that, but I didn't know that it was her. So yes, she's she's like one of the main featured dancers that also interacts with a lot of the characters. Mm-hmm. And she's the one that carries the bullet. Okay. Like they call her the bullet, I think, because yeah. she's like the dancer that's like carrying the bullet across. Um, yeah, but she's so good in Schmigadoon. She's amazing at West Side Story. I mean, I didn't really love West Side Story. Uh, I, I enjoyed it, I guess, but I thought she was phenomenal. A lot of the cast okay. were really, really good in that. But anyway, I think she's super talented and uh, I think it's very cool. She's in the show. Awesome. Um. Yeah, so we'll come back to Christina in a moment with more of her stuff. Uh, next up, Maeve meditates in a not remote enough cabin, seeing glimpses <laughs> of her daughter, but also of Caleb seemingly bleeding out. She meditates so intensely that she knocks out power for her entire town. Um, nice to see Maeve again. Uh, the manifestation of her like weird Bluetooth powers, uh, I think... Um, continually getting more kind of nebulous but i don't know how much that really matters it's interesting and fun to watch but um yeah. interesting the, limit, to the see limits those. of what she does aren't really defined yeah and like but it, it, i guess that also leads to like what is she even seeing you know that image of caleb very much looks like caleb with his current hair <laughs> his current wig yeah pardon the uh but um you know, could that have been in these intervening seven years that we know, seven or eight years that have occurred? Uh, and did he die or not? Is he a human still? Like, who who knows? Questions that I'm sure they want us to ask. Red herrings that they want us to to bite onto. Um, but yeah, any thoughts about Maeve returning? Always happy to see Maeve. Oh yeah, she's a yeah. star. Uh, nope. No, that's okay. that's about it. I just kind of said, oh, okay. All right. Um, next up, Caleb's back to laying fiber. He also has a wife and a seven-year-old daughter. His coworker mentions that the riots didn't change much, and Caleb weakly disagrees. Um, yeah, so we see another, like, you know, blue-collar Caleb working, once again, very much rhyming with season three's premiere, um, mm-hmm. seemingly back to where he was. Uh, and very much the scene is on the nose asking like, Oh my God, is what, it ever, what did they accomplish? You know, like what, what did they do? And, uh, so <laughs> <laughs> that guy, that coworker guy, man, <laughs> it should have been Keegan, Michael keys. Honestly, it, seriously. It was so funny. I thought it was almost being played for laughs. It was like, if they want me to think that these people are living in a simulation currently he's definitely an npc of some sort because he was so (laughs) exposition dumpy and not you know man usually every single person on this show every single actor is just like airtight and that guy i was like maybe maybe he was the the second choice i don't know (laughs) it just was weird the whole scene i was like this is strange but it was making me laugh so i was like whatever (laughs) well but here's the thing is that with this show even the questions that we're asking of like, if we do find that Dolores and Caleb are in this world together, maybe these are just more questions of like, this, this could very much be them very subtly kind of like 
hey, the super on the nose dialogue is meant to make you feel like this is a video game. You know, like if you were yeah. to sit in the scene for just a little bit longer, he would have repeated everything that he just said because that's all that they recorded. <laughs> and so like and he would have walked away kind of like this. <laughs> And idly like bent down and picked up a crate and then put it back down and start over. <laughs> yes, absolutely. You know what's funny too? Like the dialogue, there's certain little bits of, of, so he's talking about riots and mm-hmm. we know he's talking about the riots in the show, mm-hmm. but there's also been a lot of riots in real life in recent yeah. years or protests in, yeah. and, and, and when, even when he says, I forgot the exact line, I should have written it down when he says something about the riots were what they were for weren't for and Caleb's kind of like the riots were for more than that or they didn't mean just that mm-hmm. Caleb's kind of explaining like that there was a larger purpose to the riots that you clearly aren't grasping and I find that kind of amusing that the the show does a good job of not tying itself and not dating itself at any one point like I feel you in 20 years you could watch Westworld and it will still hold up but this it they do seem to kind of be dipping more and more into like kind of the current zeitgeist of what's going on yeah. And also when uh, William is talking to the uh, the cartel or, or whomever they are at the dam and he, he uses the word fungible, he's yeah. like, data, data is fungible. <laughs> it's temporary. I laughed. I laughed out loud because I was yeah. like, the, they're, they're dipping into like words that are that are relevant right now, which I think is, <laughs> is kind of funny. And, and whether they're poking fun at stuff or just trying to tap into, again, stuff that's being talked about right now. Um, well, it's the thing is, is that it's kind of weird because season three very much those riots that they depict in season three, that that stuff was filmed. The people even wearing masks in that show, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. all that stuff was filmed pre-pandemic, right? You know? Like, and so it's this very prescient, like almost damned with the fact that they got there first and yeah. then came out. A lot of the know? great, so what should, a lot of the great greatest examples and works of science fiction are that way though Mm -hmm. so yeah no the the fungibility thing it it's it's a perfect topic for the show to talk about right absolutely you know know, dolores is a fucking nft and so she can she (laughs) you know there's one of her but you can kind of right click and save as and so it's like (laughs) it can also be destroyed easily it can be it can become meaningless quickly Mm -hmm. It all just hangs mm-hmm. by a thread, ultimately. Exactly. So it's kind. Of, it's yeah. It's very interesting. That's a good it point. It is. Anyway. Um. Yeah. Let's let's forge on. Forge on. Maeve's power surge draws the attention of unknown assailants. She handily destroys them and recovers one of their heads to Bluetooth connect to, and find out who sent them. It turns out it was William. Maeve burns down her cabin and leaves in the cover of night. Uh, fun fight scene. I enjoyed that very much. Um, so did I. Looked great. The woods mm-hmm. looked, looked great. It just yes. looked great. Uh, and yeah, no, I don't think there's a ton to talk about there. I just Love was Maeve. glad to see. I've I've literally I've never known this guy's name before, but it's Frederick Lane or Lenny L E H N E. He's the guy who plays uh, Colonel Brigham or this new host version of Colonel Brigham because mm-hmm. she greets mm-hmm. him with that, and he's like, "Who's that?" Mm-hmm. anyway this guy rocks he's one of those character actors that he pops up in like literally every other thing i watch and he's always great <laughs> his he just has a ton of uh a ton of credits to his name and he's awesome so anyway good to see him again 
That's that's a good point. And this also raises something that kind of becomes one of my favorite things to, uh, at least one of the favorite things that they've shown here is the fact that like, um, we're probably going to be seeing hosts that were in the park out in the real world that oh, William yes. is just throwing bodies at problems with. And I think that's kind of fun. Like if I see, um, what's his name from Grand Theft Auto five, Stephen Ogg. Yeah. Stephen Ogg. I was about to say the same give thing. Me a yeah. scene with like 12 Stephen. Ogg. I want to yes. see the burly brawl with Stephen Ogg. And... I was just going to compare it to the matrix and say <laughs> every, t- every corner she turns, there's another Stephen Ogg, just like Smith. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Beautiful. That's great. Uh, I'm into it. Okay. I, I like that we're getting to that kind of recyclability of the host, and that Maeve is so like nonchalant about it. She mm-hmm. calls him that. He's like, "Who?" And she's like, "Whatever." Close your eyes. I'm gonna kill you. I need your head. <laughs> yeah. The way to the it, the you're, little... you're just information for me. The fact it, that and that Maeve can just loot uh, yes. fucking hosts that she runs into for mm-hmm. information. Very good. Very good. I love the way to the little just like acting decision choice that made me laugh was the way Tandy Newton stood up and like closed the lid of his head. Mm-hmm. It was very funny. She had like cut it open and it was like, I don't know. There's something about the way she stood she up. She was just closing her like, laptop, you know? Exactly. A hundred percent. That's what it, it was. That, it was that casual and it was so funny. I was like, that's great. She just is very killing good. it. I, I love her. Yeah. She's so good. Absolutely. Um, all right. Back to Christina. She goes on a blind date set up by Maya. The guy is some investment asshole in the bathroom. Christina gets another call from her spammer. Turns out his name is Peter. She runs into him on the way home. He assaults her, but someone manages to beat him up and save Christina. Um, in a kind of weirdly edited, like he just disappears kind of way. Yeah. Yeah. Which was an um, interesting choice. Yeah. I forgot to mention um, a quick question, I guess. So when yeah. when Caleb and his coworker are working, he's talking about machine, he misses the machines or something um, since the riots. So are there no robots anywhere right now? Like previously his assistant was like a, it was like a robot helper mm-hmm. that helped mm-hmm. him out. And you could clearly see the, the, I think what most of us think, Oh cool. Machines are here to help us and like help us get work done. So have they kind of in a way outlawed them or it kind of feels that way in okay. a lot of ways. We didn't really, um, didn't really get much more on it than just that, but obviously there's still like cars and stuff like that. But Mm-hmm. I guess we would have seen a lot more probably robots around if they were as predominant as they were in season three. So anyway, that's just something I think to stick a pin in for now and try to figure out in these ensuing seven, eight years, it's kind of almost like a Dune scenario where like, yeah. it, you know, machines got too advanced and we decided to just, you know, raise it and burn it and start over. But clearly Maeve is still out there. William is right. throwing house at people. There's something still yeah. bubbling under the surface. Yeah. No. Yeah. That makes sense. Um, okay. And that's a good point. Yeah. There's, it's very much like, uh, machines have been, or it could even be like artificial intelligences or something of that nature in particular have been outlawed and yeah, we're back to just like machines, simple, but, simple machine. Oh yeah. Yeah. Sure. Yes. But yeah. not like ro- robotics or any sort of AI mm-hmm. and no thinking machines. Yep. Yeah, I don't know. I, I'm curious to see more. Yeah. Uh, I kind of glossed over Caleb's wife and daughter. There's more on them later, though, so we'll kind of get there. But um, yeah. Yeah. No. Uh, did I miss something with Peter? 
Was Peter someone that we've met before that you know of? No, I don't think so. I recognized him. Um, I forgot his name. He's the guy from 12 Monkeys and uh, mm. X-Men 2 and 3 and maybe Days of Future Past. I don't remember. Um, when I heard his voice on the phone, though, I thought he was Booger. And it made me laugh really hard. And I was like, what's his real name? Curtis, <laughs> Curtis uh, Armstrong. Curtis Armstrong. I was like, oh, God, I hope Curtis Armstrong is in Westworld. Berkeley no High luck. graduate, Curtis yes, Armstrong. Exactly. Michigan native. Um, uh, no, it was not, unfortunately, but that's okay. Okay. Yeah. No, I mean, it's, yeah, I don't know. It's funny. I thought um, in the dark, he kind of looked like Vincent Carthizer to me. And I was like, oh, that's interesting. But no, that'd be cool. Yeah. Nope. It was uh, 12 Monkeys Men. I forgot his name. I'm going to look it up, though, because I feel like I should know it. I, I watched like two or three episodes Aaron, of that show. Aaron Stanford is his name. Aaron Stanford, yes. I liked that show. I should keep going with it. Oh, um, I didn't realize yeah. that that was Pyro. Okay, yeah. All right. <clears throat> yeah. Uh, yeah, this was a cool sequence. Uh, the date was funny. I like, um, again, how Evan Rachel Wood plays. It was really good. I expected this guy to start talking about crypto for sure. Um, because yeah. I felt like where the show would go with it, but it didn't. It was just fine. Uh, you know, so I really was intrigued by her, the reveal of exactly her job because I'm like, she's some kind of copywriter, but she's working for games and she's writing NPCs, mm-hmm. um, which is, so I'm going to throw out, I'm going to throw out a speculation fishing line here. All right. I don't know oh. Go ahead. exactly what I haven't, I haven't put too much thought into exactly what she is, whether she's a human in a simulation or a host in a simulation. But I think she retains some degree of that power that Dolores had where she could kind of rewrite hosts mm. on the fly, whether mm-hmm. it is uh, an unconscious thing or she can only do it when she thinks she's working uh, yeah. and she doesn't realize she's doing it to people. But it reminds me a lot of, and I will have to share this in the, uh, in the discord. There's this really cool short film. I've, I've have probably mentioned on this show or another show once upon a time, uh, it's got to be over 10 years old at this point, but it's called Controller. And uh, I think it was made, I don't know what, what the country of origin is. Um, maybe Thailand? I'm not sure. But anyway, I I found it a long, 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 long time ago. And I watch it like every once in a while. It's only like eight or nine minutes long and it's totally kick-ass. And I think it might, some, it might thematically be similar to what's going on with the show. I'll add mm. it in the Discord, and you can watch it. And uh, any I of our—I think you showed it to me a long time ago. <laughs> oh, I'm it sure I did. Very I'm familiar. Absolutely yeah. sure I did. Uh, yeah, but I'll put it in there. But anyway, if you're listening and you're not in our Discord, go go seek it out. The image of the kind of the main image on the YouTube, from what I recall, is like a guy wearing like a red motorcycle helmet. Um, yeah, if you, cool. if you just Google controller short short film, it's yeah the second thing. It's from possible. probably like 2010 or something, maybe 2011. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, it's great to watch. It's worth to watch just for itself because it's it's really slickly well done for like a little, you know, probably no budget short film. But I think anyway, it, ultimately what I think that's about might also be what this season's about or what Dolores is kind of or, or uh, Christina's function is. Yeah, the, the <laughs> incessant calls from Peter seem to imply that he has control over her some, or she has control over him somehow. She is making him do things. Yeah, I think and he so- might be. If she is in maybe some sort of simulation or a video game uh, of some sort, he is one of the NPCs that she is scripting but doesn't know mm-hmm. she's doing it. Uh, seems to be what it's all pointing to. And, yeah. you know, maybe even the 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 date, the guy in the date 
was maybe even Ariana DeBose is because her behavior is very supporting player. She's like there and all of her dialogue is there to like point the main character in a certain direction, but then she just vanishes and she's like, I'll see you later. (laughs) Yeah. I don't know. It's interesting. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, the interesting thing about it was even with her going on this date, I was very much thinking of it in the context of season one, Dolores on her loop. And at some point she gets intercepted by an opportunity for someone to play the hero. Right. Mm-hmm. So I was wondering where it was going to go and you can kind of think like, okay, her being on a date and what's this guy going to try and do to her or something like that. And right. So and she ultimately does that. end up getting like assaulted by someone. Yeah. But it's not exactly what you would expect kind of from the situation on its face, uh, which I thought was kind of cool. So, Hmm. I don't know if there's any more there, but, uh, yeah. Um, let's see here. Next up, Caleb reads a story to her daughter, his daughter who is scared. She wants the lights on when she goes to bed, but he urges her that she doesn't need to be scared. Although then he gets creeped out by noises outside, goes to grab a gun and his wife is upset that their daughter is maybe, uh, receptive to his paranoia. So, yeah, this speaks to that PTSD kind of thing that you had mentioned with Aaron Paul. It seems very much like the quote-unquote riots and whatever's happened in the intervening years is still very much affecting him, and he thinks it's an unfinished business. Yeah. Um, his wife, on the other hand, thinks it's all done, but clearly by the end of the episode, uh, that's not the case. Yeah, um, or as as later in the episode, it kind of comes to be revealed that she also like kind of didn't believe him. Yeah. Uh, which is kind of interesting too. Like maybe she didn't know, did truly didn't believe the extent to which he was involved or, or what kind mm-hmm. of action he's seen. Well, and that's, I guess this is maybe a good moment to talk about the fact that like season three ends and you're setting up Caleb as John Connor kind of thing. Right. Yeah. For some kind of resistance. Although it's not really like resistance against the host necessarily, or maybe it's resistance against Delos or I don't know exactly how it works, but um, the fact that like, at least this episode implies that we're just kind of going to gloss over a lot of that. Like, I'm sure we'll get glimpses of it. And like, maybe the mystery is what did really happen in these last seven years. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, but it's weird to me that it kind of, <laughs> you build up this character to, by the end of the season, make him John Connor. And then like, you know, you, you gloss over his heroism but it seems like he's clearly going to have an opportunity to be the hero again so yeah or he's just tried to choose a quiet life but mm-hmm. but uh can't he can't can, last forever back in yeah what did um, he say he had an amazing line um when he's talking to Maeve when he said um as soon as you stop running the people start to catch up mm-hmm. it's something like that and I, I just was like wow that's a great line <laughs> and that's uh, just in general and life, but also for the show, it's a great way to put it. Yeah. Yeah. There's another good line. The, um, uh, Williams, this is America. Everything is for sale. Very mm-hmm. on the nose, but also very good. And it very, came out uh, of Harris's mouth. So it's kind of like, you know, Oh, of course. Yeah. You buy it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, and Harris is right. funny. Cause he's such a 
mean, he's he's an older man now. I mean, he's got to be knocking on 70 or be somewhere around there. Uh, maybe even older. But like the shots of him standing there on the dam, I was like, he's got to be like a buck 30, a buck 40 now. Like he looks so <laughs> small and lean. And But I'll be damned if the dude doesn't just look like a, the Hoover Dam himself. He just mm-hmm. looks so sturdy. And I'm like, I would not. It just goes to show you what posture will do for someone. Yeah. And and good tailoring, I guess, because yeah, he just looks like a <laughs> like an animal, and I'm like, I'm sure he's like a small small guy now, but yeah, just the power of of uh, physicality. Yeah, well, it's that cool. fucking stone chiseled jaw. Oh, I know. Concrete that just blends God. in with the dam behind he him. Rocks. Like it, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, absolutely. He's just a rock biter from the Neverending Story now. <laughs> Uh, oh man, I just got a flash of Ed Harris as a Goron in a Legend of Zelda movie. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Beautiful. Back to Christina. She gets another call from Peter the next morning. He commits suicide right in front of her. Peter seems to think Christina is responsible for the things that he's doing and that are being done to him. Um, there might be a lot more in the dialogue there that could be revealed, but I don't know. And maybe it'll be more apparent in the future. That's that's all you can do right now is just blink and go, wow. Okay. Yeah, we touched on that a bit already, so I think we can move on. Um, Caleb's wife finds their daughter's BB gun under her pillow and confronts him about it. Their daughter wakes up in the middle of the night and drops her bear outside. She goes to retrieve it and finds a man with a familiar face looking to shoot Caleb. Maeve impales him and tells Caleb that William sent people after her. Caleb decides to leave his wife and daughter and call his old war buddies to figure out what's going on. Apparently, William wants to talk to a senator from California. Um. The man with the familiar face is the man who had the milk pouring out of his body back in season one, I believe. Um, uh, when he like malfunctioned and killed a bunch of the hosts that he wasn't supposed to kill. Oh, uh, I don't know if you remember that. I do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. But so that's another host being thrown by William at his problems. Okay. Um, but. Yeah, I mean, the thing is, I I really like, it's weird, this weird, like, resetting of Caleb Mm -hmm. in terms of, like, season three, he's this dude who has a mother that left him in a diner when he was a child, and now he's left to take care of his mother who's ailing, and he needs to do crime to make the money to keep her in that place, is kind of what they set up for him. And now here in season four, we're like, okay, forget all of that. There's a war that happened. You know, he was clearly important in it, but he's got a wife and a daughter now. Um, How did that work for you? I guess is the question. This kind of like resetting of the stage for who, who Caleb is and what kind of he's, you know, his background. It does. I, I think until we know more about that intervening seven or eight years, it, it works for me because I just don't know what the reasoning is. But yeah, I mean, the war, as as we as we know it, might have only lasted for a year or something. And then who knows? Or maybe he did get shot and bleed out and die. And this is not the Caleb we thought we knew. Um, you know, I'm sure his mom died and he just yeah. has moved on with his life. And he met this woman. Well, chronologically at least probably very shortly after and uh you know had his daughter mm-hmm. um i'm just relieved <laughs> that he is some degree of a constant right now because i was like okay here's something to grasp onto like and because he knows mave yeah and uh or he at least says it really is you 
so which is a funny way to say it so maybe that does mean there's more to it <clears throat> there's other maves or something or, like or that. he's been like dreaming of her or she's been communicating uh, with him but he didn't know her so maybe this is a different version of caleb i don't know but the fact that she came for him kind of suggests that it is him yeah um yeah i don't know i think it's cool though i think it's cool kind of the bake it and the band back together kind of vibe is neat um it's interesting that now he is choosing to leave his child behind um mm-hmm. even though he seems like he really wants to be a good dad and she's you got to be a father and he says i am uh the way his kid is trying to emulate him in ways is pretty cool and, and interesting and funny and kind of how it goes down i think my daughter's only my older daughter is only two and a half but she already does little things that i do and like says yeah. things that i say and tries to like impersonate me in funny ways uh and so when i was watching this i just kind of grinned because i was like oh man it's just it's <laughs> funny how you're you're doomed to have your kids repeat a lot of things that you do in some ways. I don't know. It's interesting. There's a whole parental uh, angle to this show that you and I will have now. I mean, my daughter was born just prior to us starting season three and yeah. our third season of the show, but now she's much older and I have another yeah. one. So, uh, and you have one now, so it, it has all changed. <clears throat> I think uh, Tandy Newton with a samurai sword is just, it's bordering on becoming a religion. It's so awesome. <laughs> it's so yeah. it's so sweet. She just she works it so well. Yeah. Um, yeah, and I, I don't know. I think the the two of them together it really really works for me, and uh, I'm excited to see where it goes. Yeah, I also I, think I it's interesting like- that in the intervening time, he has been he's kind of forged a life for himself. Like he's actually living, and mm-hmm. she's just been like existing somewhere and not living. She's almost well, been in this weird stasis hiding for all this time, which I guess time yeah. to her is somewhat different than us because she's not going to age or die. Well, and I feel like the thing that we were speaking about in terms of maybe the outlawing of AI slash machines, like maybe hosts are illegal, you know? And oh, so yeah, the no, fact probably. that they yeah. exist, you know, maybe that's why she's kind of off the grid. But it's just yeah. funny how she had the opportunity to to go to like host Nirvana and chose to stay behind. And now she just is continuing to exist in this weird limbo. And he is off living a life and forging more happy memories and good times. And she just is kind of there. I don't know. Yeah. It's cool. Yeah. Maybe anyway. she still needs to get that way back to, you know, the mm-hmm. sublime or whatever it was yeah. called. She can be patient. We know. Yeah. We know the way it um, is. Yeah, the only other thing I was going to say in terms of Caleb's kind of shifting back, shifting backstory, but you're right, it is it could be pretty easily contiguous. It does maybe blur those lines between the human and the host even more, once again, of like, oh, I can just take this host and give them a new character. Mm-hmm. Um, the fact that that kind of happens to Caleb here, I think is interesting. So, uh, all right, and the final scene... We close on Christina writing a new story about a girl who is searching, doesn't know what for. She just knows there's an emptiness in her life, or maybe it's inside her. And when she finds the things she's searching for, everything will make sense. I want a story with a happy ending. Uh, she calls it stupid. Nobody wants to hear hear that. But then we look down and see that her protector is none, on the, none other than the man with a splendiferous butt himself, Teddy Flood. The return of the king. Yes. Yes, absolutely. I'm in. <laughs> oh yeah. 100%. Yeah. No. 
Uh, yeah, you, you right. You explain this away however you have to. <laughs> <laughs> they know what they're doing. Well, and that's the thing is like we know that Teddy was in the Sublime, but like, is this the Sublime? Who knows? Is this gonna be? Are we gonna? Is episode two gonna open on like a T, like backing out of a TV, like in that scene of the Matrix where he's talking to the architect, and it's just like Bernard watching it, being like, "This is what we need to do," or something mm. like that. I don't know, but the desert of the real. Yeah, yeah I always exactly. love that line. Yeah. Uh, um, no, yeah. You, you, so you mentioned earlier this kind of uh, ending uh, montage uh, set to uh, voiceover by by a main character is something that very much kind of aims at your sensibilities uh, oh yeah so, man shoot yeah, it directly I, into my veins <laughs> somebody somebody doing some contemplative vo with some some cool music in the background and, and a montage of characters moving forward with whatever's going on yeah i just that to me that's like to me that's cinema mm-hmm. it's uh it's yeah i loved it it was so good yeah the camera no, work I, is good too like the camera mm-hmm. work on that final shot of Teddy is really cool. That kind of wrap around and reveal. Mm-hmm. I just, yeah, I don't know. I don't know what it means, but I'm excited. That's, that's the, the perfect character to show. I genuinely had no idea who that was going to be. I started thinking like, you know, is it a new character? I, I didn't even think we'd see. I'm, I'm just, well, I'm just, yeah, I'm just the glad thing. the show showed us who it was. Cause I thought <laughs> he was just going to step back into the shadows and I was going to be annoyed. <laughs> well, and I didn't. I didn't even think of it as a question due to that the kind of weird editing that I told you that I said that I mentioned earlier of that yeah. moment where it's just kind of like, you know, Dolores, Dolores, Christina kind of blacks out ish, whatever that could be kind of explained as, and then the guy's gone. I was. I didn't even think to wonder who could that be, right? And so, you know, but yeah, you know, I just accepted it. To, I was like, all right, well, yeah. I guess we'll find out. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I don't know if it's um, I don't know. Is it Teddy? Is it is it the Teddy we know? Why is yeah. he there? Where are we? What's Theodore happening? Theodore Flood Esquire, of yes, New York City. Maybe is it the is it? The, <laughs> I don't know if you saw my tweet, uh, mm-hmm. but I said on on Sunday morning, uh, my uh, uh, on on the morning of Westworld season four season four's premiere i would like to uh just mention to everybody that i think uh sex drive is to westworld as light year is to toy story <laughs> sex drive is the movie about the man that teddy flood is based on teddy flood's so, based on his character from sex drive yes yes the man who tries to drop kick a garage, <laughs> a garage door, door and then just completely whiffs it yes uh, <laughs> teddy's too gentle <laughs> true yes um no, I, I, I'm interested to see what the return of Teddy means. And, you know, ultimately, why exactly did James Marsden step away and want to come back? That kind of thing. Who knows? But, um, yeah. So, you know, I, I very much, I ended this episode and I was kind of like, I felt very much like I did after the the first episode of season three, where I was like, this is interesting but I'm not really like hooked into it yet. Um, it has me, it, it's piqued my interest, but it's not necessarily like, man, I'm sure glad that Westworld's back, but I feel like you're there. Definitely. I'm, I am very excited for next Sunday okay. and I want to see where it's going because I, because I don't know. 
but I know enough, mm-hmm. but I also don't feel like, I feel like whatever is going on and whatever, wherever we are at is going to be interesting. Mm-hmm. And although these kind of, this is all kind of circular and, and reach, retracing it to an extent, I um, think it's going to be fresh enough and uh, the show is going to continue to posit interesting questions and uh, continue to introduce new characters that I will enjoy and continue to reuse existing characters that I already enjoy. Um, and you know what? The production value is great, which goes a long way for me, evidently, because mm-hmm. I can't stop thinking about how shitty Kenobi looks. <laughs> but the fact that I did like it, I did like, like I, I enjoyed yeah. it. And I, I do hope there is a season two in a weird way. But I just keep thinking about where is all this money going? Mm-hmm. Why are people not hiring artists and letting them do what they do? Like, I just don't understand a lot of executive logic in a lot of streaming services right now. And that's mm-hmm. why I'm very pleased that I know that this show, I mean, maybe that's a little bit, I don't know, shallow of an approach, but honestly, it it matters. Like, there's a reason people used to roll out for like the the blockbuster stuff because like spectacle and and visual sensibilities they matter in what you're watching and uh you know some some stuff it's okay if it looks cheap or if it if it feels a little cheap or whatever but if the shoe fits right but for this show it certainly wouldn't it's just the precedent is too high and i'm just glad they're maintaining that it looks really good it sounds really good um the performances are all excellent. the budget has kind of contracted a bit due to, you know. Yeah, the- and maybe that's why they wrote in that there's no more robots. I don't care. Like, that, mm-hmm. that might be a clever way to, to cut down on the animation budget. I don't know. But, um, yeah, I'm a completely hooked again because I just don't, I don't understand why I am necessarily. But it's funny how the <laughs> show can kind of keep soft rebooting itself. And I'm just, it just gets me every time. But like I said, it's like, it's like Skyrim in a weird way. It's yeah. kind of it's kind of become almost comfort food. It's like yeah. every two years we get to check back in with this world and with this aesthetic and with these characters or these these kind of uh, retreads of these characters. And I don't know until and it, you know what it might land in the end of season five or six or whatever the the game plan is, and I might just look back and go, well, I don't know. Maybe the journey was worth it, but it was about the journey, not the destination. I don't know. I just yeah. I'm enjoying it. I'm I am glad it's back. I didn't think I'd be excited, but I am. The thing that I'll say is that I like that they're taking the bigger swings with season three and season four, where it's literally like we're not doing the same thing. With so many TV shows, you expect this big momentous change at the end of the season to be quickly undone so that we can continue to keep people keep the characters into familiar places, you know, to, to keep keep the same relationships around or to put the same stresses on them, that kind of thing. I obviously change them in some ways, but like, mm-hmm. you know, season one of Westworld could have gone into season two where like, Oh yeah. You know, the whole board of directors got killed and you know, whatever, uh, Anthony Hopkins was killed and that kind of thing. But guess what? You know, the Delos cops came in, they got everything under control. The park's still working and Dolores still needs to work to get out. And yeah. we could still be doing that in season four. And the fact that we're not is great. And, but it's just kind of like season three feels like such a strange curveball to me. And the fact that season four, once again, is not something 
I, I feel like I can't see the tapestry that they're weaving. You know, mm-hmm. I think that's what bothers me the most. And that's why I'm not on the cart yet. But right. I hope to jump in at some point soon. I hope so too. Before it leaves without me. <laughs> so I think that's it for this week. Any, any closing thoughts? No, I'm uh, I'm excited to to check in with the rest of the cast. I still haven't watched a trailer for this or the next week on or whatever the after episode uh, bit was because I saw yeah. a, a couple guys talking about it briefly in the Discord and I was like I don't want to know I don't want to see yeah. anything I, I don't think wanna... they do like a on this season yeah for, that's what it kind of what it show. seemed like yeah it mm-hmm. started to play and then I stopped it I was like no I don't want to know yeah so agreed um, I yeah I haven't watched it. I think I might have watched the trailer when I can I, I don't even know if I did but if I did I just watched it the one time and promptly forgot everything because yeah apparently I'm good at that but oh yeah all right. Well, uh, we're figuring out release cadence for the show. Hopefully, we'll see you again next week. We're going to figure it out. But, uh, yeah. Nick, thank you for talking with me about Westworld again. Oh, it is, it is always my pleasure. The, yeah, I appreciate the opportunity to talk with you about a TV show. It's always fun. Mm-hmm. And uh, hopefully, everybody listening agrees. <laughs> anyway. Once again, you can find more episodes of our podcast on Westworld.fm. We're also on iTunes, Stitcher Radio, Google Play Music, and Spotify. We're also Westworld.fm on Twitter. You can email us at Westworld.fm at gmail.com to tell us what you think of our show and share your thoughts on HBO's Westworld so we can read them on our show. Send us corrections, observations, or anything regarding Westworld or our podcast. The Midwest Podcast Network has several other shows about video games, horror movies, and more. Check out all of our shows at MidwestPodcastNetwork.com. We talked about Vampire Survivors on the recent uh, Midwest Game Nerds. They're doing summer school on horror movie yearbook where they're watching a bunch of David Cronenberg movies before they check out his latest movie, which is already out, came out recently, will be out soon. One of those things. Um, And obviously, we're here talking about Westworld. So please enjoy our stuff. Check more of it out at MidwestPodcastNetwork.com. Our theme music is the song Industrial Cinematic by Kevin McLeod. It's being used under an Attribution Creative Commons license, if I can find where I saved it. That's it for our episode this week. We're excited for the next episode of Westworld, and we'll have another episode of our podcast out after that. But until then, may you rest and have a deep and dreamless slumber.